welcome back to Living Well While Living Online, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. I am your host, Tammy Riley. I'm really happy to share today's guest with you, my friend Fatma Batouk, who's coming to us from Saudi Arabia. Uh, Yes, yes, we know each other from our fitness family. Are you surprised? But please, settle in as we share a frank conversation on her wellness journey, on creating a strong community, and also being a new mom. So listen in to this week's episode. Okay, I am so excited to have you all here listening in to this week's episode of Living Well While Living Online. Um, I am sitting here with one of my dear friends, Fatima Batouk. She is coming to us from across the globe from me. I don't know from you, but she's in Saudi Arabia. That is where she is from. Uh, We have been friends and colleagues for a while now, a good number of years, and I have had the pleasure and opportunity to travel to her country and she has hosted me and we've collaborated on some amazing things and I'm really looking forward to sharing this conversation with all of you and with her because I miss her so Fatima welcome thank you so much I miss you too I think (laughs) this subject being online and still living well is a really big subject so I was really excited to be part of this conversation yeah and and obviously since the podcast has started you know we're riding that roller coaster still of now we're getting back in person but still a lot of our life is online so i'm excited to talk to you about what's happened for you in the country um where things went i i mean we've talked a little bit but i'm excited to learn about that how you all handled it and to see what you've kept you know as a so i'm gonna let fatima explain she has a very long bio she does a lot of things she's a very um, entrepreneurial woman and the ceo of things as well as her incredible life but i'll let her just give a brief bio and then we can speak to some specifics so what what do you want to share about yourself today so I will share, first of all, that I am a new mother. That's my, I think my, that's my biggest achievement in my bio. <laughs> so I'm really excited for that new journey that I've started. My baby's four months old. I'm from Saudi wow. Arabia. I started uh, my journey in uh, discovering myself. I think my whole career is really a, se- a journey of self-discovery. When I was uh, 18, 19 years old, when I was struggling with my own obesity and lifestyle that I had to change. So throughout that change, I came across spinning and spinning has changed my life personally. And also at that time when I came back, changed so many lives of women in Saudi Arabia. And that's when I really found my purpose. And everything I do today, it has to be regarding empowering and young women, girls, of my country and also under, not deliberately, but it happens also that I inspire women across the world, which is mm-hmm. inspiring to me. And I feel like this, it's like a, it's like a, you know, a inward, outward energy going back out and in. So I, I, that's what excites me. That's what makes me wake, wake up every morning. So, and spinning had made me realize that and spinning also was the platform for me to meet you and so many yes. other incredible women who, you know, who I really look up to and I brought them to Saudi to share their passion and to share their knowledge and to share what they love doing to for women and to women here in Saudi Arabia. And in Saudi, women need that 
like everywhere else in the world, but maybe Saudi needed it a little bit more at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, it was uh, a beautiful journey, I could say. And from that, so many different businesses started, which is like the, the studio, Studio 55, which is a spinning studio we started in 2015. We start, I started a sport apparel, Tima, in uh, 2012, 13. Uh, in 2017, I started Pure Yoga Plus Cycle in Bahrain, uh, which is a neighboring country. So... So it's been, you know, it's been everything I do. It has to be around that. And it opened up so many doors for me. Today, I'm on the board of the Saudi Tennis Federation, even though I'm not a tennis player. (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) I've been been nominated to be part of it because of, you know, increasing female participation in tennis for for Saudi Arabia, which is exciting for me, even though I'm not not a tennis player. But but it's something that excites me. Yeah, I mean... I know all of the amazing things you've done and I've experienced, you know, what you've created in the studios there. And I guess I would say, you know, this is so important because you've created a haven, a space for women in your country to go. And obviously there's still, you know, some differences in our cultures with how men and women integrate. And Saudi's come a long way even since I've been traveling there and I've seen a lot of change. But initially, you know, finding movement in particular, which was part of your journey and the spinning and then delivering it to everyone else in a way where they walk in the door and feel so comfortable and welcome and being able to be comfortable in your own skin, which is so hard for us. But I think a whole different layer when we're looking at a lot of the culture and the customs that you have. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, I always say that women here in Saudi have a bigger role being, you know, right now that the Saudi Saudi women environment has changed in the past few years with the new crown prince and with the vision that we have, which is what we call the vision 2030, which female participation is a high priority. So the country has realized if women are not going to be part of the economy, then this country is not going to move forward which is amazing. but and, and that just opened the doors and it was like that door was like flooded out, you know, it had women coming out <laughs> through those doors from, you know, scientists to uh, like car racing drivers to like tennis players, everything you can imagine. They all came out and they were all under, you know, hidden under their rocks and now they had the opportunity. But with that, they have so many other responsibility and roles socially and culturally and also how we, because it's an Islamic country, so being a Muslim also plays a role for women here. But all of these, without knowing, creates a lot of uh, constraints and stress for women. So, you know, when I see a woman, she has to have an amazing career. She has to be an amazing mom. She has to be there as a daughter. She has to be there as a wife. She has to be there as a friend, as a cousin, as a second cousin. We are very related to the six cousins that I have. So, you know, (laughs) so with all of that, you know, it's a lot of stress. So that, like, when they can walk into the studio doors, they just come in and they're like, ah, okay. Yeah. I can take off my abaya, which is a cape that we wear here, and just be myself and not worry about anyone but me. So, you know, that's what we give and that's what I strive for, you know. I love that. And I loved, like, walking to your, into your studio for the first time and, and your, like, your tagline everywhere, although it's Studio 55, 
is the word with the word more, right? So the idea of be more and you have it labeled with breathe more, move more, you know, dance more, whatever. Uh, but I love that, that idea of empowering someone to be more, which we need permission oftentimes to do that. A hundred percent. Yeah. And when we, when we came up with more, it really came out of the women that we were with and training with and surrounded with. And um, from my experience, you know, I'll give you an example. Once uh, I was teaching a spinning class and I think this was for me a realization moment, you know, when you have that moment when you're like, oh, okay. So because I am different than the average Saudi being, having a mother from Tibet, had traveled, you know, abroad, educated abroad. So it's very, I'm, I am relatively different. So I w- wasn't following the norms, you can say. I wasn't covered. I wasn't, I was a rebel in my, in yeah, my environment, I, you know. I was just going to say she's a little bit of a rebel. <laughs> exactly. So I remember once I was teaching a spinning class and in my spinning class, there was a, there many Saudi women come to the class and there was this woman at the end of the class who was like cheering and shouting and she's like, woohoo. And, and I'm like, who is this person? Like she was full of energy, you know? And then I finished the class. I walk out the place and it was the time before driving. I'm talking about 10 years ago. So before driving and anything, we're standing outside. I, I'm waiting for my driver and this person next to me who was covered from head to toe, you know? So I don't know her facial expressions, but I just sense that she's looking at me and like, you know, look at her not covered at all. And then we're both waiting for the driver and she looks at me and she says, great class. And I go, what? Was she in my class? I thought she came out of something from an, you know, an English or computer class because the center had so many different classes. And she's saying, yeah, I was in your spinning class. And I looked at her and I think, and that's the moment where I said, Oh my God, we are all the same. Yeah. And, you know, and she told me at that, she was telling me that I want to apologize to you. And I said, why? He said, I want to apologize to you because I judged you. I thought you were one of those Saudi girls who just wanted to be a rebel because, you know, you just want to be a rebel. But now I see that you have a purpose and you have a cause of, and this is, and it's not just about you doing what you do. You really love what you do. And when she told me that, and I told her, and you know what? I also apologize to you because when I looked at you, I thought, oh, this poor woman who's covered from head to toe has no idea what life can be. Right. And you were the one who was cheering in my class. And she's like, yes, I was her. I'm like, like, yeah, I recognize the voice now through all the black layers, but I couldn't believe it. And I think that was my moment where I said, I can't do this for only the people who look like me. You know, if you understand what I say, look, but also I have to do this for every woman because at that moment I realized every woman in Saudi, however, wherever she comes from, whatever background, however religious or, uh, you know, very, it's not even religion, it's very cultural driven, I think, you know, that she is, women are women. They want to, you know, fulfill themselves. They want to find themselves. And that's where the be more came. You know, right. but it's like, it's, it's you, but just more of you. 
I love it. It's one of my favorite things. I was just talking about it the other day. I just, I too, when I teach, you know, I think we're similar in a lot of our philosophies and how we deliver things, which is, um, you know, why we connect. But I was talking about how, you know, especially as women, we try to hide all of us, you know, it doesn't matter what country you're in. We're we're a little bit timid. We tend to hide. We don't want to be that outspoken woman, um, and we try to shrink. And that's physically, right? If we look at trying to always be the tiniest, like we're never satisfied with our weight and our body image. And then, um, but when I get somebody in the room and in fitness, my my goal for them is to be more, to be big. And I said, you know, we spend so much of our time diminishing ourselves and getting smaller. In this room, I want you to be bigger. I want you to be your biggest self. And we don't really get to do that. We don't get to be more or most or or that and you know. I think it's uh, some women just feel afraid yeah. and some feel and they don't feel they're entitled to mm. and they feel why would I do that why do, should I put myself in the spotlight why should I show myself why should I be out there and you know and for me the one thing that I've always learned if you want to get out the most of anything whatever simple as it could be or as big as it could be you need to show up and you need to show up fully. And when you need, when you come into a spinning class and you come into that spinning class with your full self and really, you know, expand yourself, you're going to take the best out of it. When you go into that meeting and you are there fully expanded, not arms crossed and sitting in the corners, you know, center of the room, broad shoulders, t- sitting tall, you're going to get the most out of it. But I think and we just need to believe and understand showing up fully is is the best way to do it. And I think too, for, you know, looking at the the progress that your culture and your community has made, you know, yours, your women had a venue to practice that, right? Yeah. To come in and practice being more and being bigger. And now they're actually on the outside, you know, getting to put it into play. So I think for all of us, it's hard to dip our toe in the water. And so although initially it was, you know, this really close space and maybe the only one of the only spaces women could go to to have these opportunities. Now that the country has expanded the roles and the rules, it's amazing. And a lot of them are more comfortable at doing that now. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, so you spoke to your discovery, your journey as a discovery of yourself, which um, I love. I loved that phrase. And it did start from not living a healthy lifestyle and being overweight. And so can you just talk a little bit about, I mean, it doesn't have to focus on on that in particular, but, but the self-care, like what made you realize yeah. and how did you begin to put yourself first in this idea? And um, yeah, I guess just what what is that like and what was the catalyst for that for you? I think the whole journey of weight loss for me, I started losing weight when I realized it wasn't about the weight. Okay. And, it, you know, oh. I think that was, that was the the epiphany for me where I said, okay, this is working. Why is it working? It started working because I started really resolving issues, Mm -hmm. confronting my fears, going back to why I do what I do and questioning myself rather than trying to impose a new behavior without resolving why I used to do the old behavior, you know? So when so for me it was at the beginning a very big struggle because for many years everyone's like you know diet exercise equals weight loss 
but there is another part of it. There's mm -hmm. diet, exercise, sleep, spirituality, emotional health, mental health. There's so many aspects of it that will equal to weight loss and happy and happier, healthier life. And right. no one really brought, brought that to me, you know? So, but that's why I say it was a discovery for me because I, you know, I really needed, and I didn't realize that was missing because I needed guidance. I need someone and everyone I went to, they would come in and say, all right, eat 1,200 calories a day and burn 500. And you're going to lose a pound, two pounds a week. Great. And I would do that for one or two weeks. But then I got, fall out and I'm like, why can't I sustain it? And I am a strong willed woman. I, mm. you know, I fought so many fights to, do, yes, you are. To, get, to get so many things. Why can't I do that? And then here, this is where I started. And I, and I remember that I went to like a, a yoga center and I went into a class thinking it was yoga, but it wasn't. It was like meditation and really very sticky icky things that you know if you're like okay no I don't want to go there why, why am I here you know and you know so when I went there at that and I felt like okay this is so uncomfortable you know and she's like talking and saying that okay I want you to close your eyes look into yourself think go to back to that child at five years old and I'm like why am I crying at five years old you know and so oh. it was so intense so but right. and, and and I didn't know what was going on and I didn't comprehend it at that point moment but that was an experience for me and I came out of it and it, and I was like, there is something I need to resolve. There is a, and then I started connecting it to my eating behavior or, you know, binging or things like that, or, you know, where, you know, I would like run away from my planned schedule and just want to curl up in bed, not to do anything and, you know, and not move or be active. But then that started and that's where I started getting all the, you know, self uh, discovery, I could say, you know, so I started. And I think one of the biggest breakthroughs throughout that journey is that once I went to a uh, yoga retreat in India and uh, there was this uh, one of the participants there and she was uh, telling me, uh, you know, how do you feel and blah, blah. And we're talking about feelings and emotions. And then she asked me, uh, she asked me about my parents. And I told her, oh, I lost my father when I was uh, 19, which was very difficult. And then she told me, and she asked me a question. She said, Do you, did you forgive him? And I said, oh. forgive him. And I said, he's my father. Of course, I, he, he has, I have nothing to forgive him for. You know, he's never done anything wrong. And I said, do you, and then she said, do you forgive the fact that he's not with you? And I remember when she said that, I was like, oh, my God, I am angry. I am angry that he's not with me, yeah. you know, and that emotion was, I think, the biggest emotion I was carrying for so many years, I could say. And that hurt me for a very long time because I never accepted that he was gone. So it was hard, you know, and wow. once that was resolved, I think I always miss him, but I always say now I accepted that he's not there. I can speak about him without, you know, fall, being completely falling into tears and, you know, running away, going to my room. And uh, and that's when I everything changed. Right. And, I, and then I said, I'm going to do it for my dad. Mm. 
you know. And it's so interesting, right? Carrying the idea of carrying the emotion and it is the extra for you. It was the extra weight that it was manifesting, right? Um, eating away inside of you and that realization. Um, so again, you started the whole thing, basically summing up the wellness wheel, right? All the components of what wellness are, not just what we eat and, and you know, our nutrition, but the spirituality, you know, our relationships, our friendships, our community. So, so very important. And, and until we really look full circle, you know, there's always going to be these imbalances. And, and in some of us, they're bigger gaps or bigger imbalances at the moment than others. And I like to tell my students, we'll never be perfect at all of it. That's an impossible um, wellness it's wheel impossible. to achieve. I think it's always a, it's just, I think what's most important is just being aware of it. Yeah, you know, exactly. being aware of it, and it's okay that you don't feel okay. Yeah, you know, but yeah. just be aware of it, deal with it, do whatever you need to do to get through it. But it's okay. Yeah. But there is no yeah. one who's going to be happy all the time forever. <laughs> that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So true. So true. I, I, yeah. So such important advice, advice which people don't always realize. You know, it. I think you know, I work on a college campus and that's a lot of the the students that I deal with. And we were talking about, um, just recently we had a conversation, but talking about how we do need to give ourselves permission and that it is okay. Um, it's okay not to be a hundred percent. It's okay to have to work on things, you know, that whole idea. So, uh, such great advice, you know, that idea, and it does start with awareness. So thank you for, for bringing that out. <laughs> Fatma's in the office. She's got things ringing. <laughs> It's okay. That's life. That's life on here. You're a busy woman. It's the not the baby crying, which she yeah. might have to run off for. We had to delay our conversation a little bit because she is a new mom. And I loved, I was <laughs> laughing to myself in a beautiful way. I told her because she has a teething baby and she had to deal with that. And um, I just love that that's your life now because it does bring such a whole other element. And I'm going to actually use that as our segue. Um, I know, you know, we've talked a little bit about your career and your path, and I know you, you have a lot going on. And so COVID happens, um, you know, everything gets put on hold and yeah. our studios, our business, um, our life, you know, coming out of that, and which, which will be part two, we'll talk about being a mom and having a baby. But right now, as everything hits, how, how were you as a company and as a businesswoman and as a keeper of all of these women, what, what was happening for you in the country and how were you things know, changing? It was now looking back at it, it was one of the most tough, the toughest times we've ever gone through as a studio. Mm -hmm. And I, and in the tough times, I think we, the, the values of what you, of companies or institutions or organizations or even people really come out, you know? So at that point, I remember that, you know, when we we were basically forced to close for months and, you know, and at that point when that happened, we we're like, okay, what do we do? You know, we have employees, we have people, we have payroll, we right. have rent, right. we have, you know, and no one's going to say, okay, it's COVID. You don't need to pay me. No, everyone wants to get paid. <laughs> you know? Right. So that stress was there. And then also, most importantly, our members, they're like, yeah. what do we do? You know, and right. no one, and, and, you know, that ambiguity that we didn't know what's next, what's going to happen was really hard. I think that was the hardest. But the most beautiful thing that came out out of COVID and that period, especially from our members and from the, and from the team and the studios is that we all like stuck together. 
-hmm. We were all there for each other. You know, the members kept on supporting us. The team was supportive. We did like, of course, everyone went online. We went online. We had our bikes. We were, you know, we had, I think, two hours window during the day to do for you to go to shopping and pharmacy and whatever and all that. So you had two hours only that you could go out and leave the home. And in that two hours, we were delivering bikes to people. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so okay. it was like, okay, we're, we're going to get the bike. And then, okay, we'll see you at, at 6 p.m. And we'll do the. And we were doing the, these classes. And I never thought that was going to work. And it did for a very long time, you know. But it was, it, I, and looking back, and I, I, we've survived it. That's what's yeah. most important, that we've survived it. And uh, and what came out of it is us as a team have become much stronger and closer. And the and I think even the members seeing what we have done comparatively to what other other gyms or other studios would have done, they they really feel like our values fit there. So they really feel this belongingness and this relationship has become even closer. And they really stand by us whatever happens, you know, so whatever decision taken, they're there. But I think that's the best thing that came out of this whole experience. But it was a really tough one because there, you know, there was moments where, you know, I would get, you know, calls from people that used to come to the studio and they say, they said, they're really down. We're like, we can't, I'm here all alone. My family are in another city. And, Uh you know, the only thing that's keeping me going is this the screen that we, I can see you guys on and do this little workout and it and it's hard, you know, because you couldn't go get out of your homes for such a long time. And here we and we, unlike I don't know in the U.S. not everywhere was the same, but right. we were they were super strict, you okay. know. So we went like from March till June in complete in lockdown and just mm-hmm. you know it just started easing off with a few hours out and then after that it opened up and then we went into a second lockdown but it was like really tough and yeah. there is no and like you're in a kingdom you can't say no right follow the rules you know and which <laughs> in, a, in a very good way was great because i think we we had full control of the COVID situation right you know we got out of it really quickly because Basically, we had to follow the rules. There was no other way. And we right. then had like opposing, opposing ideas. And if you had opposing ideas, stay at home. You can't do anything about it. You know, so so we just did it and we got out of it. Thank God. You know, it's like a year after that, we started traveling, opening up where people were still in lockdown in Europe and other countries. So so we did get through it. But it was, it was, you know, it was like a test, I think, yeah. even mentally. And yeah. for me personally, at that period, I was in Saudi Arabia and because I'm telling you they were super strict so there was no travel in or out of Saudi in that whole year of 2020 you had to get permission to leave you really had to prove that you have a really good reason to leave you know oh so God. I was in Saudi while my husband was in Dubai Oh no I yeah. didn't even realize that Yeah for like for almost 11 months so like 10 and a half months so at that point I like it was it was really hard, but even people thought, you know, there's something wrong with me because I, and I, and I didn't realize I wasn't well till, you know, I left. So when I got the permission at last granted to leave and I saw my husband, my husband saw me, he, like he was, he freaked out because I had lost so much weight. Oh no, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, I had uh, so much weight and I didn't even realize that I wasn't okay, you know, because, you know, sometimes right. you just say, no, it's fine. We'll get through this. It's okay. It's okay. We'll do it. We'll do it. It's fine. It's fine. And you keep on saying it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And you're like, you're deteriorating and you don't even realize yeah. it. So it was very hard on me uh, mentally and emotionally without me realizing. So I had lost so much weight. Like I was super, super lean and thin because I was exercising a lot, but I wasn't eating as much or as, as, as I should. I had lost so much weight. So when my husband saw me, Enrico, he was like, okay, who are you? What happened to you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it was really hard. So I think that was the biggest realization for me. And then, you know, we, and then just being there and uh, being with him uh, made everything better. And, and now you can go back and forth. Like now that's the, it. Now we're traveling. Yeah. It's yeah. Open. And, yeah. and Enrico is an incredible architect. So he's working on a project in Dubai. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so it's hard um, to yeah, be back and forth and to be away, but somehow you got together and then a baby was born. Yes. So you know. <laughs> in March, <laughs> year after COVID, I got pregnant. I know. It's and so it exciting. Like so a dream. You're a, you're a new mom. And obviously, we, you know, there's routines and there's situations that you've had your whole life and adult life, right? So you were a little bit older when you had your your son. Um, you know, you're not a 22-year-old kid. Um, no, we don't have to tell your age. It doesn't matter. But, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but how has self-care now changed with a baby in the mix? And that's um, – I don't know in my conversations of podcasts that I've had anybody on with a newborn and and had this conversation, but life changes, you know. Um, totally you, changes. Yeah. So how has the self-care piece changed for you, maybe in a good way, maybe in not such a good way, but just in general, like what's happening with all of that? How are you managing? I think that – I think like you said, not being a 20-year-old mom – and being like in my late 30s, you know, having a child, it, mentally you are different. You are a different person. You know, you're a different person from your 20s, right. your 30s, your 40s. So but I think, you know, that that played a very big role in how I take decisions on, you know, and taking care of the baby. So it was difficult for me, like the, the beginning, you know, you know uh, when I got, came back home from the hospital with the baby and all that, I was like, what am I going to do with it? You know? <laughs> yeah, you, you know? don't know. Like, oh, shoot, it's mine. Yeah. And it's like, it's mine. Exactly. That feeling <laughs> like, okay, this is mine. But, but of course, I did all the research. I was very well prepared. I talked to all my friends who had mo who had recently kids, you know. So they were talking to me, telling me, you know, getting updates. Because if I talk to anyone who had children and they're like, 15 they're so out of date and they tell me things I i'm know. like i'm like no 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 okay i need someone who's new mom so i was talking to 20 year old moms <laughs> saying you know tell me what's the latest thing with babies you know so and, and which uh, there's this amazing machine the milk machine which is like an espresso machine okay. but that makes milk yeah so i'm sure you don't okay. know about it but this no. in the middle of the night when you're waking up and your baby is crying and wants the milk immediately you have one button, three seconds, and the milk is done. Really? Me, I, yeah, I love this machine. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Definitely. No, I did have my kids in my 20s. I was a baby, yeah. and I'm old now. We did not have a milk machine. It was me. 
and you know so even like even the, they're telling me all these machines to baby milk warmer this thing make warms it up gives it to you a perfect temperature at the how many ounces you want in the bottle right there three seconds give it to the baby he's quiet and you can get to sleep you know I love so it. so you know i think for me of course the first when i first came back home I, you know, it's, it's just your instinct, your nature. I didn't think about myself at all. Right. You know, so the first few weeks, I think maybe six weeks, I was, it's just about the baby. It's just about the baby. So even like, even like my aunts and, you know, the old wife tales and all this, they come to you and they say, you need to take care of yourself. You need to eat very well so you can breastfeed, you, can, you know, so all those things, I would like completely ignore it and just. It's just about him. Right. To like, uh, I think um, when he was three weeks old, I had uh, I had work in Riyadh, which is the capital, another city in Saudi Arabia. So I had to move to Riyadh for a week. And of course, I said, I'm taking the baby with me. I'm not leaving him. So I took the baby with me and we went there. And for me, that's where it was difficult for me because I had to leave him for a few hours with a caretaker and my my brother's there so it makes it easier his wife is there and I had to go for work and then come back to him but at that moment I was like is this okay is this right it's just three weeks old is it allowed am I allowed to do this where am I going to be one of those people who regret it you know I was just so afraid of all those different emotions you know and when I went to work and I did it you know, I had to come and I was enjoying it. And, you know, and it was, it was really good stuff that I was doing, you know, and then I would come back and I feel, feel guilty. guilty. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. why did I have fun at work? <laughs> you, know, it like, <laughs> you know, it was so weird. Yeah. But I remember it took me that week was like, for me, first of all, I started letting go of, you know, hogging the baby. I won't let anyone do anything with the baby. So I started letting go a little bit. And then when I came back and I, and I shared this emotion, of course, I think having someone to share this emotion with and just talk you through it. I don't, not validate anything. I just needed to talk through it. And I shared this emotion with Enrico, my husband, and, and he's like, he's fine. The baby's happy and he's okay. You know, so you don't need to feel guilty about anything and you need to enjoy because tomorrow the baby's going to see a happy mom. He doesn't want to see his mom regretting not doing what you're doing. You know, right. but, so true. And, but, you know, if I think it's like I had, I needed to always until today and it's not, my baby's still four months old, you know, and I am back to work um, fully. So it's, it's uh, challenging, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, but even with that, I, you know, I feel like, I am a better mom when I do take care of myself. Right. You know, because, you know, and I am tired and stressed and, and, you know, here, thankfully, you know, we have help. I have amazing nannies. Thank God. I love them. So, (laughs) so, you know, some days I really can't wake up in the middle of the night. I really am really so tired. So, uh, but they're there to pick it up. And before I would feel really bad. No, I don't want to be one of those mommies who have nannies. You know, I'm like, no, if you can have a nanny, get a nanny. Right, <laughs> if you have right. your mom next to you, let your mom help you. If you have any kind of support system, don't say no to it. You know, but I think we just have to, you know, as women, not even before being mothers, you know, we just have this urge of helping everyone and carrying everything. So imagine mm-hmm. that on top, layering it with being a mom, it just you know, triples up. 
So true. So true. Yeah. Um, many of us women, right? We can't, we, we don't know how to say no. And we take on so many things and we're such caregivers in general, whether we have kids or not, it doesn't matter, right? We're caregivers. And um, yeah, that's so true. It's such a hard adjustment. And so now what does fitness or self-care look like for you? Is it different than what it was before a baby? Yeah. Is it different? Well, I am struggling with a few pounds over. <laughs> That's okay. It's only yes. been four months. Exactly. So, but it, but it has been, but for me, like I that, you know, that juggle of, of uh, work, my personal fitness and caring and the baby, I, and it, obviously I'll put myself last. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, that's the yeah. easiest thing. Okay. Um, baby bath or going to the, going to do the, my workout. Okay, I'm going to bath the baby, you know? Right. So, so right. even like my husband say, I'll bathe him, you go. And I'll be like, no, no, I really want to bathe him. <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> but, but I think I, that has, I'm still working it out and I'm trying okay. to like really work it out. I can't say I'm there yet, but I, yesterday, um, last week, actually, I was on, I was also in Riyadh again for this whole uh, training course and leadership course that that the country has but with, this is a big thing right I should mention this so there's a 2030 leaders program and that the government had initiated to like handpick all the best people in Saudi Arabia to take this program to make them better leaders of the future of the country okay so I applied to this not knowing it's a big deal so I remember they called me up. They're like, "You've been accepted, and would you like? And it's going to be in Riyadh." And blah, blah. I'm like, "Okay, great. Yes, I'll come." And I go there, and then, like the second biggest guy in the government, is basically talking to us and telling us, "Well, there've been eleven thousand uh, applicants, and wow. you, forty-five people, have been chosen." <gasps> and I was like, "What? <laughs> oh my God! Wow. That's incredible, Fatma! Incredible!" And I was like wow, that really means a lot. You know, and sometimes that kind of recognition or validation gave, made me feel better. I'm like, okay, and you know, and I just had a baby and this is going on and I have my work and I have my businesses yeah. and like so many things going on at the same time. And, and this, as well, this week we had this leadership training and one day we had like a coaching and they were talking about work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And then she basically said, that's a myth there is no work-life balance. And I'm like, what? No, please. I'm trying to do that. <laughs> don't say that to me. Don't say that to me. And she's like, no, there is priorities. Right. Today is your priority is this program. Tomorrow you're going to go back home. Your priority is the baby. She says, right. you just need to have that clear boundaries. But she's saying, so when you're at work and you get a call from home, you don't if it's not urgent, you're not going to deal, you, you won't deal with it. But when you're at home and you get a call from work, you leave everything and you answer that call. He says, you need to have that equal boundary in both. Mm. So it was very interesting and enlightening for me because I was like, okay, that makes sense. I can't. And it just, it just made me feel better that you can't be perfect at everything. Right. You know, right. You cannot do it all. And it's okay if you don't, you know, I keep on right. saying that to myself. It's okay if you're not there every minute, every second. It's okay if I'm not going to excel and open my 30 studios tomorrow. It's fine. you know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's hard. That's really hard, right? We have these expectations of ourselves and it's hard when things don't work out the way we want. Obviously, you know, with the world, when a pandemic hits, it's really hard for growth and expansion and, and you know, all of these plans 100%. that we had. 
things have to go on hold. You know, what are yeah. you going to do? Halted us back completely, you know, and even we had right around the time of COVID, we had like huge investments coming in to expand and quadruple and really go big. And that completely was off the table when COVID came in. You also, if I'm remembering, because we had talked and I was like on the verge of going right before COVID hit, you moved, you relocated one of your studios and it was like the grand reopening. And then literally... Like week. weeks later, the world One shut week. down. One week right? after it, yeah. One week. Oh my gosh. How's that yeah. studio doing now? It's amazing. Okay. Now it's doing great. I can't wait for you to come soon. You have to come soon. It's beautiful. The studio is amazing. The place that we have is great. It's, you know, it's in, in this beautiful, the whole environment around us. There's like gardens and fountains around us. So it's just a beautiful environment. People love it. Nice. Yeah. So the whole yeah. atmosphere is is different over there. Oh my yeah. gosh, I love it. I'm excited for you. But I remember that, right? There's nothing worse. Like you're on the cusp of this and big you were expansion. about to come too. Uh, yeah. 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 Can you imagine? I would have got stuck there. I would have been there for a year. Oh my God. That would have been crazy. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. The way things ended up. Um, with the stuff that you ended up doing online, is there any of that that's now stayed for your members or for you? Are you still do? Are you doing more online now, I guess, as a businesswoman, as companies, as studios than you were before? Look, there is no denying that the world has changed post-COVID mm -hmm. and the accessibility that people had created during a difficult time, it's not going to disappear once COVID disappears. Right. You know, for sure, things are still going to continue because people made uh, the systems better, people made programs better, they did, uh, they facilitated it, they invested so much in it, and it's become easier for us users, you know, so for us, it just makes it easier that I can you know, get on a call with you and have a meeting with you across the globe, you know, but it just, yeah. and we used to do that, but it wasn't as sophisticated as it is today, mm -hmm. post COVID. Mm -hmm. So I think it's always been there, but now it's going to be the, the go-to before going do it, you know, really going to face-to-face -face meetings and all that. In terms of our fitness and studios, we still do online. There are many people okay. who are still not comfortable to go out to the studio or go out mm -hmm. uh, or go uh, in you know in public places so we still do online we still and what i think one of the greatest things that we i love about the online is that all our personal training clients when they go on holidays or they go for a leave and they're like oh i'm gonna be away and we're like yeah but i'm sure you have 45 minutes in that day that you can spare and you can be yeah. on you know so we're like but we keep on track on them and they feel much more committed and you know and we're accountable to like Okay, I'll stick to the program. I'm going to still do what I'm supposed to do. So, but I that's think there such is... a great point. I forgot about that personal training piece. There's no excuse, There's you know, no if you're excuse. away and you want to because get to work we've out. Because we've done it. it. Yeah. Because we've done it with them online before. But it's not like, yeah. oh no, no, I don't like online. You know, I don't, I can't do it. I'm like, no, we've done it and it worked. So we can still do it when you're. So they're still back in the studio when they're here. But many of these women are like traveling for like, you know, three days of business trips and whatever. So they can still do that and we still get to get them online and do their workouts with them and they love it, you know, and they, yeah. they start saying, okay, no, I'm, I'll schedule my meeting so I can be there for the online. And, you know, but it's, I think that whole, that it's great, you know, I can't say, right. but I'm, but still, of course, the human interaction, the face-to-face, -face, uh, there's still value to it for sure. 
Oh my gosh, yes. But for your life, your studios, the two studios you have in Saudi Arabia, and then you have one in another country in Bahrain, you're flying. And then if your husband's in Dubai, you're flying around a lot, right? That was your life before. Are you still traveling a lot to the studios? Do you, can you do more online now um, that this has happened? Is Mm -hmm. it me? And I'm going to say that in a way with a baby, wouldn't that make life a little simpler that you're not always hopping on a plane and going somewhere? Yeah, for sure. That has changed completely, 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 because other than, you know, like even now, now it's very clear in terms of travel, you know, it's really eased up. But like last year, I was afraid that I would travel and then suddenly they change a law and then I'll be stuck in in Bahrain or I'll be stuck in Dubai, you know. So even when we came back from Dubai last year, uh, we came back like in June, July, I was like, okay, we're staying here. You know, so we let's have a home and we... We yep. bought a home, we created a home, and we stayed in Saudi. And I'm like, Enrico, you stay here. Okay, okay wait. Can't leave. So wait, you have a new home? So I'm thinking you yes. still have your place in Bahrain. No. No, no. So because okay. of, because I was stuck here, he was in Dubai, that place has okay. disappeared. Okay. So okay. it didn't make sense. So now we have a home here. Okay. And we stay here. And what's great that also Enrico can work remotely, which is yeah. amazing. So yeah. he has been helpful with the baby a lot. So, but that's one thing. And he would now, because travel is easier, he is traveling to the projects and whatever, but his most work work is from home. He works with all his team and even his part of his team because of COVID, they went back to their countries in the Philippines and Italy, but they're still working for him and they still do it remotely. And it's just amazing, but yeah, it has changed, but we used it for the best. So for me, in terms of my, remember my quick trips, I would like be yeah. in four countries in, in three days. That has been long gone, you know, but I, now I really manage it online. Yeah. Mostly. And right. now that the travel has been easier, I do go in it. And Not two, as- I think, you know, you, you and I are similar. We need the people. We need the energy. We need to be in front of people and with people to step in the studio, you know, doing what you and I are doing. Like, yes, we can talk and we can chat online, but walking in that studio, there's nothing better. And yeah. so it will never take the place, which you said, but I think... It's given it you, it, yeah. Like yeah. even basically, my trainers. You know, every year we go to Miami, mm-hmm. and we get mm-hmm. uh, you know knowledge, and we get training, and we get inspired and motivated, and that has completely disappeared. Know. You know, so, so that physically, but right. there were conferences online that my instructors went on, and you know they come out of it, and they're um, and they did. I don't know what was it. There was like a 24 hour ride that they did online. And, you know, so I was like, you know, that spirit that I was afraid we're going to lose was still there, you know? So, but at least, you know, online did help from that point of view. And by the time I think, you know, the baby's a little older too, and, you know, then it'll be easier to be traveling a little bit more. But I think the timing of that technology piece and how acceptable it is now, I think that's the thing, right? If if the world hadn't changed and you had a baby and you're like, I'm just going to do this virtually, people would have been like, well, that's not how we do it. And I think that at least for you, it gave you that opportunity to not have to rush out every second of the day and, you know, to be on a plane and one visiting, you know, place to place to see all of your clubs. So I think that that in my view, helped you a little bit to uh, to a not have to be so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all 
Oh my gosh. We definitely need to have another catch up where I don't have to be as formal and, um, and I'm sharing <laughs> you with everybody. So we definitely need to do that. But I want to ask you one question that I always um, as, ask my guests, kind of our final, final question. And, um, you know, it, it takes a lot for us in our growth and in our journeys and how we, um, how we treat ourselves. So think about how are you Fatima, at being your own best friend? And what is what does that mean for you? What does that look like for you? And are you good at it? Um, <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think I was great at it. Now I'm like re-juggling things and reprioritizing things with the baby. Yeah. But being my own best friend, I would, I, I do take the time to sit back and I won't apologize. You know, I won't be ashamed that I'm the mom who lets the daddy care care for the baby while I'm tanning at the pool. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, yeah. yeah. It's it's work in progress always. Yeah, because that that guilt we put on ourselves, the self-talk, you know, oh my gosh, you're not a good mom if you do this, or you're not a good person if you do exactly. this. And it's hard. Um, it's hard to move beyond that. And uh, yeah, thanks for being honest. Like you, I, I, in my mind, you you were good at it, right? That's what I would have thought you would have said that. And it's <laughs> a whole new you, right? There's a whole yeah. new life now um, that you've birthed this beautiful boy. And uh, it changes a lot of things. It does. It does. But it's a beautiful change. Yeah. Things you can't imagine though. You had said that, you know, until you really have a baby, you can't really articulate can't it. I comprehend it. I didn't understand yeah. at all until yeah. it happened to me. It's yeah. beautiful. It is nice. I'm so happy for you. Um, Thank you. I'm, I really appreciate your time. It's not easy trying to sync our schedules uh, because we do have a time difference and then it's not easy with a baby and running businesses and, um, yeah, so I appreciate you and I'm glad you're doing well and that things are settling and that life is good over there on that side of the world. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to catch up. We're going to have another call, of course. Yes. But really, really, I think what you're doing is great. We need this. Women need this. Men need this. Everyone needs it. So really, this is great. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> we just need to have an opportunity. And I can't wait to, to get you back it. here. <laughs> I always love visiting. You're a very gracious host, and I love all of your women, your community, um, and the Little Italy community that I've, we've created over there. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Fatma, I love you, and I appreciate your time, and thanks for sharing everything with my listeners. Thank you. So much gratitude to you, Fatma, for all that you shared with our listeners. Um, I'm hoping you enjoyed the conversation and we all are so excited for you uh, in your new venture as a mother. Such a beautiful, beautiful next career for you. And come back next week. We are switching gears. We will be with Chengatai Mapea or Do Airlines as he's known as. He is an all-American triple jumper at Texas Christian University. I promise you will be inspired with his journey and his mindset. So please be sure to tune in. Living Well While Living Online is a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. It is produced by Renette Chapu. The executive producer is David DeRoche. 
A big thanks to Lauren Scupo, who does the social media, and to Scott Holmes for the theme music. So to learn more about all of our podcasts, my friends, visit qu.edu slash podcast. And you can listen to our podcast on the platform or app of your choice. And feel free to give us a follow on Twitter or Instagram at QUPodcasts. We also would love hearing from you. So you can send us a note, a comment uh, via email, which is QUPodcasts at QU.edu. So until next week, my friends, be intentional, breathe deep, and learn to be your own best friend.